This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, that were different, wasn't it's it? It's not as much of a banger, is it? It's not as much of a banger, but YouTube didn't like that other banger. And for any, anyone listening who doesn't get to see the video, producer Ryan, who's clearly made that little intro, has full named us both on the intro. It's a good job. I've names. got a really common name. I mean, I do in China. But once you get to Bradford, there's not many of us. Not there's not many chews hanging about. Guys, welcome to episode, I think, nine, ten. We're on nine. one of those. Uh, but I think this is the the last episode of season one, are we calling it, before we move on yeah. to do the official season two, which is going to be the start of the season. Yeah, because we were only really ever doing one or two pre-season. And then yeah. it's just it's just been a happy little journey. It's taken up my Monday nights. I know. I was going to say I'll miss it, but no, we'll we'll still be because we're 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 passing the baton of League One. We are given the unfortunate circumstances of the playoffs that meant that neither of us were supporting yeah. the team playing in League One. Yeah, we kind of hoped that one of our teams at least would get promoted <laughs> to League One. So we, you know, we thought there's a fifty percent chance Bradford bowed out and then we were seven minutes off. away. Seven minutes away in the most boring playoff final I've ever seen mm. in my life. At least, you weren't watching At it least in you, you yeah. Twenty-five degree heat and yeah. I was watching it at home, but yeah, you just mentioned. You know, we'll cover that off quickly now because we've got some guests coming on. But you just mentioned about passing the bat on for League One. So going forward, there's going to be a, a League One specific, real EFL podcast, and we're going to stick to the League Two stuff because we found that a lot of the conversations that we have, even though we try and do League One, it kind of all boils back to League Two because that's that's our expertise. That's where we are. It's what we're going to see every week, isn't it? And ultimately, lots of League Two fans don't care about League Two, like beyond their club, but they even mm. they care even less about League One and, and yeah. vice versa. So yeah. to do it justice, this is... So that's an exciting development for this week. 
some new hosts coming into host league yeah. one so keep keep an eye out for the league one real efl podcast i'm not sure when yeah. they're recording i think they're going to be recording pretty soon so we'll we'll get that done but should we bring the guests in hannah do you yes, want to introduce please. the guests and tell them who we're bringing we're bringing in for this we're joined today by Tim and Liam from Fearless and Devotion, which is the Wrexham AFC podcast. And uh, one of the things that Liam and I have talked a lot about over the last, I guess, eight or 10 weeks is um, what how Wrexham coming into League Two changes it. Um, we've talked about um the kind of the fan banter and and how that's worked but also the um the implications in terms of their spending capacity so we thought it'd be good to hear from fans themselves in terms of um what their expectations are for the year i mean very much in the same way that we did with um fifey from swindon a few weeks ago it's it's only the same it's just rex and so everything with Rex I, think the, I think the expectations will be a little bit different. I think the expectations <laughs> will be a little bit different right now between those two clubs. Um, yeah. Guys, thank you for joining us. Um, it's it's good to actually speak to some Wrexham fans that we know have followed the club for practically their entire lives. And that's what, because I don't get to speak to many of them at the minute, because you guys are the, you know, the, the, the peaceful, let's just get on with it. We're back in the EFL. Let's push forward. The ones that I speak to and the ones that are in my DMs, are the new Wrexham fans and there's there's kind of two breeds of Wrexham fans as the originals the ones that saw you drop out and have been through let's be honest the heartache of the National League it's not a pretty place to be I think you said 15 years is that right yeah yeah 15 seasons. <laughs> yeah so 15 15 seasons in the National League and then there's the other side who've really only seen I don't want to say only seen success because the first season wasn't a success in terms of getting promoted but they've never seen that struggle that you guys have, have seen so we're, we're kind of trying to get an understanding from a, a, the Wrexham fans what it's been like and how you guys feel about everything that's going on around your club because it's kind of become a bit of a media circus hasn't it it's you are the the club at the minute that everybody's talking about and BBC Sport are pinging up my phone when Wrexham make a signing that they don't care about anyone else <laughs> Does that mean you've got your alerts on for Wrexham? Is that what it is? No. <laughs> it doesn't. We act it's, like we don't care, but, you know. It's, it's it. Right. So I'm going to I'm gonna put this out, and I kind of spoke about it before we came on. I'm putting this out because people who know me, I'll be honest, I'll hold my hands up. I've been very cynical about the Wrexham. I call it the fairy tale because that's kind of what we're being shown by the media. Not We're not seeing the inside of the club. We're not seeing what's going on on match days. We're just being shown... You know, the Disney documentaries, the Ryan Reynolds things. And we I didn't see it as a as a fairy tale as such, because I don't think that and this isn't a knock on you guys, you guys have seen it all. So for you guys, it, it is. You're getting back to it. You've someone's finally come in and saved your club. But throwing a load of money at it for me isn't a fairy tale. It's it, I, I think I compared at the beginning, Hannah, to Robin Hood. I said the Wrexham story is the Robin Hood story. You guys are right now Prince John. Because you've got everything. You've got you can just go out. You've got the wealth. You've got the money. Go and do what you want to do. You, you're in charge. No one can really touch you. And whatever you want to do, you're going to do it. And that's the only fairy tale I could really draw from. But for you guys as Wrexham fans, what's it been like? First of all, getting stuck down there, and what's it been like up until the owners came in? What was that whole scenario like? Jesus. Um, 
pretty dour, to be honest. I mean, any any sort of fan of a lower league team, ninety percent of the time you're going to be used to the the pitfalls and the, and the heartache and the hardships, and it becomes a ritual just going along. More hope than expectation. You know, how many goals are going to lose by today? Who's going to get injured? Blah blah blah. Who am I going to be sat next to? Oh, the same guy that that's, we've been sitting next to for the last twenty years, and you know, the next person after that is twenty rows down that way. So. To go from that, and we all we all thought we were going to walk it. First game in the National League or the whatever it was then, Skrill Premier. No, whatever it was before that. Blue Sky Premier, no. Okay, yeah, it was the Blue Sky Premier. Yeah, um, so the conference back then, maybe. Yeah, we we beat we beat Stevenage five 0 and we thought it's the dawn of a new era. We're going to breeze it. Didn't pan out that way. Um, perennial playoff bottlers. I'm being a bit harsh, but it's probably true. Um, Nine times out of ten against Luton, and look where they've ended up. So it's been tough because we were the longest serving team in that division by some mile. Teams either went down or they went up, and we were just left kind of treading water and licking our wounds. And you know, we had that we had that season where we hit ninety eight points, which any normal time would win your league hands down. Um, but unfortunately, Fleetwood, who let's face it were bankrolled as well by a now mm-hmm. convicted criminal. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and a certain Jamie Vardy beat us to it um, by five points. So it, it, I suppose I'm, I'm all kind of like, I'm trying to put little sort of uh, footnotes to your idea that it's not a, a kind of underdog story and, and, and the, the romanticism mm-hmm. around it. But yeah, there's, there's various perceptions to it I guess but I suppose that my the long story short in terms of the point I'm trying to get at is it's been a long journey um and strangely it kind of feels like you know had we gone up had we beaten Newport County in the playoffs if Brett Armrod scores the chance he has and we go up do Rob and Ryan then choose us as their preferred option with us already being in the league comfortably mid-table in league two I don't know we'll never know it's like a sliding doors moment so mm-hmm. the, the, it's very well documented that they looked at Hartlepool and some lower Scottish um, league teams as well. And they stumbled upon us. And luckily for us, it's been a wild couple of years. But I mean, trying even to, to think, I always, we always kind of stay grounded because the season before we got took over, if it hadn't been for COVID, there's no guarantees we would we would not have been in National League North, mm-hmm. which Hannah could testify to. We all saw Stockport hitting hitting those depths, and we thought yeah. no no team is big enough to ever not think that they couldn't go down. You know, because Scunthorpe have done it now, haven't they? Scunthorpe have done back to back. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of you kind of count your blessings with or without. If this ownership didn't even happen, we were still here, and, and the, the fans would still be turning up. Probably not in their tens of thousands as they are now, but there would still be four or five thousand there going regularly. And you've got to look at the, the wider context. We're, we've, we're not a Berry, We're not a Macclesfield. Mm-hmm. And for that, you know, massively thankful, mm-hmm. if nothing else. But, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a torturous time, but it's been wonderful the last couple of years. Won't lie. So I think you've, you've kind of covered my thought there in that for you guys, this is a, this is a fairy tale. Like, this is... Um, like you, you wouldn't have ever dreamed that this was going to happen when you were when you like you say you were looking at these 
games that you're going into thinking, how oh, we knew we're going to concede tonight. The stadium was, you know, two thirds empty, that sort of thing. You never dream that this is going to happen. And it, it does happen. And Fleetwood, again, perfect example because they did it. Um, my, this is why I kind of separate Wrexham into two things. My, my issue is with the ones that kind of came in after the takeover. And those have never seen any of that. And that's, what we see more of, you know, we don't, Sky Sports and BBC Sports didn't care, if I'm honest, like, you'd be honest, when you guys dropped out, there was no fanfare, there was no Wrexham, you know, we've lost an EFL club, have dropped out that really shouldn't have because of mismanagement. That was never a story to them, and it needs to be, and I think that's also why it maybe creates a few people, because there's clubs that are doing it on repeat, and, you know, Oldham shouldn't have ever dropped out, Rochdale shouldn't have dropped out, Scunthorpe shouldn't be dropping into the National League, no, Stockport shouldn't, they don't care until it's a, oh my God, there's a chance we can actually interview Ryan Reynolds here. Let's, you know, that's the, for us, that's the long and short of it. That's what they're looking to do. Let's try and get the celebrity on. But at what point when the takeover happens, oh, sorry, when you hear about the takeover, at what point do you believe it's true? Because I don't think anyone believed it was going to actually be a thing. It was a joke on Ted Lasso, wasn't it? That they, they weren't sure whether it was um, genuine or not. Well, yeah. I think we the first um, rumour that was going around was that it was Russell Crowe because he's got some sort of... <laughs> he, he genuinely has some some links somewhere down the family Great-grandfather. Great-grandfather. Yeah, there, there's, there's some sort of link to Wrexham. But I'd heard Ryan Reynolds off a guy I know, like local news pretty reliable but he, even he was like I've heard this the person who's telling me is solid that it's Ryan Reynolds but <laughs> even he was a bit like I, I, it'd be great if it happens but I don't know I, th I think the Rob McElhenney thing just because by virtue of the fact he's slightly lesser known mm. still pretty you know well known for always sunny and things like that but that came out a bit later and I think it was only really when the statement uh, the supporters trust put out a statement to say that you know look we've had this approach and because we were fans run, it was essentially put to a members vote uh, overwhelmingly in favour. You probably won't be surprised. But yeah, that, that was when it became real, when the statement actually went out. I don't think I believed it until I saw that on the Wrexham Supporters Trust website. Mm. It was just it was just weird. I mean, I, I, you know, it's like I'm not going to compare it. No, you get there's certain points in history where you remember where you are, you know. I was going to ask that. Is it like a Princess Diana moment? I was going to say like a 9 11 moment, but I don't want to compare yeah. the takeover. <laughs> I don't want it to come across that way. Um, but yeah, I remember being at work and I'm just closing my locker for the day and somebody said, All right, this is who it is. <laughs> I was like, mm. and, But then immediately, your cynicism as a fan of a team that's kind of huffed mm. and puffed for so many years, you're thinking, It's amazing. If nothing else, we'll get exposure. But then with that, you're then thinking, but what part of that does some of it become ridicule? But then you kind of dig and you think, well, yes, he's known for Deadpool. Yes, he's known for being an actor. But if you look at his entrepreneurial skills as a businessman, a marketeer, I think is the word mm -hmm. that he tends to use. And he's very, very savvy, not stupid at all. And that's been proven by... By the money he's, he's, he's raised, and I think, I don't even know how much money they've put in yet, Liam. It's probably not even touched the sides in terms of everything else that's come our way with the sponsors and all that sort of, you know, the drama of the documentary and everything else. But it's just been, it's just weird. It still is weird. We we, we were lucky enough to have them on the pod, and it was weird. 
because I was I was sat where I'm now going. I was I was like doing deep breaths before they came on. I'm like trying to get in my zone. Going, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Like, I've got the questions. I know what I'm going to say, but am I going to stumble? I don't, just calm down. And you, you once once you start talking to them, it sounds cheesy, and it's like you echo everybody that said it. It's just like catching up with somebody you've spoken to 10, 20 times before. It's so weird, but that's 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 the gospel truth. And that amplification around the club and I mean it's it's probably more back to football than it was in terms of I guess the you know it was more about them now it's moving to back to being more about the football and the whole the the pre-season tour and and everything in America I mean it will continue to get more weird surely you know in you look at the the crowds over there and the Mm. um yeah, I'm kind of watching it with fascination and I can't imagine what it must be like to be... I remember seeing someone on Twitter last week and saying, oh, the, the Chelsea game's on S4C. And the thought of watching Stockport County on on mainstream television is in a pre-season is, is beyond me. I, yeah, I, I just can't imagine how it's it fits with your kind of realm of your supporting your club normally and that match day experience and just going and coming home on the, on a day to day, how much does it change the club and the, your experience as fans? It's a tough one. It's, it's, I think we, it sounds weird, but you do end up, it's like anything you end up becoming accustomed to the noise as I call it, Mm -hmm. that you can't control. There's a noise yeah. that you can control, which is usually you know, go in, shout and scream, literal noise, and get behind the team and get on with it. And we're lucky in the sense that it, you know, again, maybe it's an unfair comparison. My friend is a is a Leicester City fan, and he's witnessed that you know big mm. big jump from being in the Walker Stadium with you know Muzzy Is It and players like that to winning the Premier League and having this mass huge new fan base over in over in the far east so we're lucky in the sense that i say lucky we, we've got a minimal amount of people that can fit into our ground at the moment yeah 95 percent of that of the population that's in that ground have been going week in week out or used to and have mm. been enticed back and you do get floating fans it's natural people don't want to go i don't want to spend 20 25 30 quid on going to watch Wrexham because it's crap when i can go and watch liverpool everton man united and spend an hour up the road and drop a ton, ton fifty on a day out. Fine, that's your prerogative. So I can understand why there was that um, sort of feeling around the club when it when it it's not going anywhere. You know, you, and yeah. people want to see a winning product or something they can at least be proud of. And for a long time, if we're really honest, um, there was a, a a team that was just languishing and just happy to kind of get turned over at home by Gateshead. 7-2 where it was and these are just dark days you know and it's just mad to think that you compare that to, to beating Coventry and giving Sheffield United a, a decent you know go of it over two games and it's chalk and cheese and mm-hmm. going back to your original question sorry just to sort of waffle on is not much has changed for me in terms of how I treat a game I still the same rituals are there the pubs are obviously a lot busier there are people getting bussed in from up the coast now, but that's how it was back in the day when Wrexham had enormous crowds, mm-hmm. sort of, you know, mid to late 70s, like huge crowds, bigger than what they've got now. So it's almost like 
it's come full circle. Very, very big circle, has to be said, yeah. but it has come full circle. And and here we are. And you know, we kind of I, I get I get why people don't like it rammed down their throats. It's it's basically hits for clicks, isn't it? To coin yeah. a, a better phrase. Yeah. If they put it out there, they know people are going to take notice of it because yeah. those are the people that are taking notice via the documentary or mm-hmm. via them being a deadpool fan or whatever. So you know, if, if I was a fan of, especially the likes of Chester or Shrewsbury and Tranmere, and I saw this happening to them, I'd be furious, <laughs> apoplectic. I, I couldn't go. <laughs> I, I can completely understand it. Can, can I ask about the docu the documentary? So, I, as people who have been there for a long time and have obviously seen the the decline and seen what's gone on, it really made. Wrexham look poor, as as in like a, yeah. it, it it made it look like a really bad place to be. Now, was that is that actually how it was, or was that just done for effect? And if it was just done for effect to make it look like a bigger and a better turnaround and a more you know a more amazing story, how does that make people who are from there feel when they see you know if it wasn't for these two guys, we'd be living in essentially the pits that's kind of how it came yeah. across what's I, that like for I, you i get where you come in from because i saw i think there was an article on somewhere like hello magazine the other week where it was like i'm sure it's something like how ryan reynolds has turned a you know sort of a crappy town round essentially and <laughs> I, I i get that there's one or two scenes in the documentary that i can think of one where there was like a boarded up house or something like that um and you know, Wrexham has been through the mill in terms of you know it's had all had all the all the problems that any town of its size has had. So you know, a lot of industrial closures, sort of late eighties type of thing. Um, yeah, lo- a lot of economic hardship and that type of thing. But th- th- again, Wrexham is there's Wrexham the town with some estates, which you know there is poverty there. But it's also as a wider county borough, you've got some places like there's a place called Marford where there's a, a run of million odd pound houses all down the way. So it's a, it's a bit of a mixed mixed bag, if you like. Um, I, I I do get that that perception that the you know it's been accused of poverty porn, but I would the thing I would say on the flip side of that is I do think they have they have added something to Wrexham, which is. A, you've got the economic impact, which is, you know, you've got thousands of people coming into Wrexham on a match day, 10,000 as opposed to 3,000 for starters. So that has a knock-on effect on, you know, pubs, things like that. Hotels seem to be rammed out. Um, But also, I just think it's put a bit of self-confidence back into Wrexham. We're probably the worst people in the world for talking down our own town, saying it's crap and what have you. And there is there is still an element of that you know we've got our crappy elements but i think it's just made people a bit more proud to be from wrexham again so i get i get the cynicism and i'm 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 quite cynical but like i saw that hello magazine article and i rolled my eyes but i think there is an element of truth in that it has brought a bit of you know i can't think of a good word but oomph back into wrexham if you like yeah Confidence is probably a good word. Um, in terms, how do you think that it affects the players and the and the squad when, I guess, at the circus around it, thinking about in America and the the walk of um, fame pictures and the snake pictures and all of that. When you know, arguably, they 
are there to work and um, prep for pre-season. Obviously, the Chelsea game, I mean, I, I can't say anything. We lost 4-0 to Huddersfield on Saturday. So, you know, you, you often learn more from defeats than you do from wins, especially when playing higher level um, opposition. But I think you, you beat LA Galaxy in the second one and then United at the weekend. What Is was it the score the... of the Galaxy game, by the way? I know you won, but... Yeah, big Galaxy 4-0. We've got United tomorrow and we've got Philadelphia Union on Friday. Philadelphia Union's second team. And Man United are going to play a scratch team as well, what we're expecting. So, okay. yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I think I think most of the... Well, all of the players now have got used to it. They've got used yeah. to the, the camera lens because my concern, I think it was Phil Parkinson's concern, he mentioned it as well because he wasn't a fan of documentary type things when he was at Sunderland. He was like, he didn't want it there. So they mm-hmm. had, to, had to kind of convince him that this was going yeah. to be a good idea, but he would have some sort of degree of control about it. So I think they've got used to that. Um, the America thing is on a different scale entirely, but it's been managed well. They're doing it in the right manner. Like people, will, like you mentioned, the, the snake picture and this, that and the other. Players just enjoying themselves in their downtime. You know, we're also seeing the hard jazz are putting in in 40 degree heat. We're also yeah. seeing... Phil Parkinson and the players visiting the children's hospital with seeing all these things that which there's a common factor from fans over there that they're saying I can't believe that we got access to these players all right you still need to remember that they're still in the fourth division (laughs) ladies and gentlemen of America but for for, from personal point of view I hope that never changes despite whatever however far up the leagues they choose to go to have that human that personal touch and for the likes of Paul Mullin to spend an hour after the match going around doing selfies and signing autographs. That's what you want. That's what we want, you know, let alone a new fan base. So I think, I don't think they've been distracted from it. You know, questions will be raised and and fans fury will be there. If we don't win the first four games and people will say they shouldn't have gone to America, they shouldn't have done that marketing thing. They shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have done that. But that's hindsight, isn't it? That's yeah, the beauty yeah. of football. You know, we could then win the, next, the next four after that and everything's rosy again. So, If you ask Ollie Palmer, that's not going to happen. He's <laughs> a shy wallflower, isn't he, Ollie Palmer? I, <laughs> I, 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 I actually tweeted out about him the other day and I, to be fair, it probably was a little bit harsh, but at the same time, like we we don't just, it doesn't matter who it is, if, if anyone from any club had said those words, we'd have sort of done a little bit of a background check on the player and it was like okay fine Wrexham might go and get promoted this season but I don't think they'll be taking him with them because he's stepped up from league two before and failed you know his best <laughs> season in league one was five goals so fantastic if, if Wrexham get promoted fantastic but does that not put pressure on you as fans because you've got to you they don't have to go and meet the opposition fans and they don't have to do things like this. You've got to address the opposition fans and you're seeing your players go, promotions guaranteed this season, it's happening. How I I would have just gone, God's sake. Right. Thanks. Here we you go. said it last season to be fair, and it happened. Did you say it the season before when it didn't? I don't think well, he wasn't there, was he? So someone will have done. Every, every team, every team's got a shit house, a lovable shit house, and he's a pain in the ass. Holly Palmer is, and I've spoken to him a few times. I'm not going to say he's hard work, but um, he is one of these people that he's kind of marmite. But then we're living in an age where 
we've got footballers that are just monotonous robots in front of their cameras. Yeah, it was a great game. Oh, yeah, I'm good in score. Oh, so boring. Like It's like from the Michael Owen school of media. You know, it's dull. So if, I, if we can get a player that comes out and goes, you know what, we're going to go for promotion again, and I think, well, then great. Good on you, Ollie. You know, why not? Uh, we just need a bit more. But why, why should, why? He's not going to come out and go, no, nah, I think we're going to do mid-table. Yeah. yeah, it's just it doesn't give anybody belief, and it, it gives him a target. Then it's kind of a damned if he does, damned if he doesn't situation. Probably a loaded question. So, what are your expectations for this season? Um, I think we've said on the podcast, you know, we've talked about this quite a lot, and my thinking at the moment is that you know a, a playoff push essentially. Is, is what we should be aiming for. I'm not in un, under any illusions that we're necessarily going to come up and smash it automatic promotion first time. I think it'll a lot will depend what the start in terms of the start of the season. I think a lot will depend on if we make many more signings because so far we've only made the one at centre back. If we were to bring in, you know, we made that statement signing with Paul Mullin two seasons ago. You know, if you if you make a signing sort of on that level, then maybe you're looking at thinking, okay, we can push for automatic promotion. But as it stands, I think we've got a squad that's capable of a top seven push, and that's what I'd be hoping to see. Mm-hmm. Do you think that reflects the fan base generally? I mean, because we had this last season, we had, like Liam said, the people who were really cocky and the like HMS piss the league thing. And then there was me who was kind of happy to be not relegated and then people who were kind of happy somewhere in the middle and fourth felt like the absolute dream and the people that were disappointed you know, we, we we'd said quite openly you know if if we if someone had offered us that at this point in the season would you have taken it like yeah of course we would but do you think that your kind of very balanced pragmatic approach reflects the fan base generally Hard to say because you know everybody's different, aren't they? That's the that's the delight of being a football mm-hmm. fan. You, you can you could see a stonewall penalty happen right in front of you, and the guy behind you said, "There's no way that's a dive." It's just it's just the way it is. Yeah. But I think on the whole, we we I think our fan play a fan base polices itself fairly well. Like if somebody comes out and says, "Oh, we can't wait to come to MK Dons with nine thousand fans and smash you all over the place." Just because we're taking a vast amount of people, that doesn't mean we're going to win the game. It doesn't work like that. You know, if yeah. if, if Bradford had a competition of, you know, if, if we had the most fans in the league, they would have won the league years ago. So it doesn't work. Which we have not. <laughs> we have never, in my entire life, we have never won a league. I'm putting that out. That needs to change. So if you guys could just wait a season, re- stop pop. Give, we, you know, we, you... we, we waited a long, a long while to win a title outright. That was the first one since 78. So well, here's, here's the threat. Stockport, Rex, you've both been in, in non-league. Being in the League 2 for two, three seasons ain't a problem before you go up again. Let us let us get out and then you can come <laughs> up. Be fair. Um, you, you mentioned Bradford and that's like kind of my last question on this here. You've got Phil Parkinson in charge and I'm sure you can appreciate as a Bradford fan, for me, I, I openly say Phil Parkinson is the best manager we've ever had in terms of what he did for us. Like, we had Paul Jewell, took us to the Premier League. Paul Jewell had Premier League money. Phil Parkinson had a League Two budget, took us to a cup final and then got us promoted in the same season. Do you guys have sort of the same feelings towards Phil in terms of being a manager? And do you do you feel that the 
the way things have been done in terms of like it, it looks quite pally at the club like the owners have become like really friendly with everyone do you think that's made it harder for them if things do go wrong to pull the trigger um i don't think so i don't think so they they kind of they know the score that i think i think the longer they've gone into this journey the more invested they've become and the more they see that if results don't go to plan and they're not getting what they have invested in it's not quite going right like anything, there'll come a point where they'll go, right, we'll have to make that decision. But ultimately, it'll fall to the likes of Sean Harvey and Fleur Robinson, who were kind of like the main string pullers at the club, to make that decision. And, and their recommendations will probably be fed back to the owners and say, this is what's happening. Um, but Phil Parkinson has, has easily bought himself a full season in League Two, as far as I'm concerned, and then some, because his win record is ridiculous. People say it should be like that anyway, but just a thoroughly likeable guy, Mm -hmm. very astute brilliant man manager and you have to be to get that group to knit the way it's been knitted and they're literally all mates off the pitch as well as on it and that that's for me is a big key factor to success if you get on like mates off it you want to fight for each other on it and that's only going to bode well for us i think we we yeah. still have that from the the cup season. We so there's actually a premiere tonight when we're filming this in Bradford which is a a documentary that's been like a reunion and like Phil's in it, it's, uh, Steve Parkins in it, all the players in it, and like we, I interviewed two or three of them a few years ago, and it was the first time they'd met since that season, and it was like they'd never been out of the room. They were, it, it, and he creates that kind of atmosphere yeah. at a club, and I think that's again, that's a credit to him. Um, people, our fans want him back. I'd love to see him back at Bradford, but at the same time. I don't think it'd be the same. So it's a risk and you don't want to really soil what he's done. It's kind of best to maybe let it go. But yeah, no, I I, I agree. I think he's definitely earned it. Because yes, you know, you look at what you did and you did spend money in the National League. Fine, it, he should have been getting the wins. But the pressure that was on him and that squad to perform and do it, you know, it's, it is it is impressive. I mean, you were not County last season in any league would have won the league with those points. It's... It's insane. I think the two best teams came up, and that's it, it's yeah. good for us. Um, but I'm glad you asked that question, Hannah, because I was thinking I'm going to get Hannah to ask what they think they're going to do this season, but I didn't know how to get the message across telepathically. <laughs> so it must have somehow she read my mind. Um, for League Two, and then we'll let you go, do you both have – I want you to just do me a favour, because I think this is funny, and I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> Pick two teams to go down. Oh, Jesus, what? Um, Harrogate. Hospital pass. Harrogate's always an, a popular choice. Which, like, I mean, I've got nothing against Harrogate because, like, I've been one of my greatest away days in many a year up there. Um, <laughs> not we won, but it was just a, just a nice place to go, in it? It's Betty's team. I like Harrogate. Different, different from Barrow. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, Even Barrow don't like Barrow. They train in Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm honestly not Googling now, honestly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My knowledge. Where's, where's We've been out of it that long. Table. My knowledge is dreadful. <laughs> yeah. Hannah's just said that I think the most obvious choice this season, which is is Crawley for a lot of people. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I'd be good to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm going to go Harrogate. And oh, I'd love to see Newport go down. I love it. Newport <laughs> lost. Um, what was it? Whoa, six nil to Bristol City on Saturday. So. Eight nil. Eight nil. Was it eight? Yeah. I thought it was yeah. six. 
No, there was there, the, Bristol City field. Bristol City fielded two teams in two different games at the same time and won eight nil and four nil. <laughs> Forest Green going down would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. That would be yeah. hilarious. Um, I wouldn't say no to Newport either. No. Yeah. Honestly, there's, there's like two thirds of the team that I think everyone would like to see it happen to because it'd be funny. <laughs> Swindon would be hilarious, um, just because of the meltdown that, like, I have a lot of Swindon fans that give me abuse, and it, to see it happen would be incredible. Ryan, who's sat in the little waiting room watching, would hate every second of it because two thirds of his articles are about Swindon and they've no longer been <laughs> in the, the EFL, so he'd be out of a job. Um, <laughs> It's been that long, since we, that long since we played Swindon. The last time we played them, they had Castrol as their sponsor. So that's like 20 years ago or something. The place hasn't changed. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly we, the we same. We got Swindon on Boxing Day. Thanks for Didn't that. Have it, we're, we're scheduling that. Yeah. yeah. Although we've got Barrow. It's local, don't they? They've gone Swindon's not far from Wales, but they've not got up very well. Guys, honestly, thank you very much for coming. I think for me, it's been good to speak to to, to some fans that have been around and seen it all because it's been really hard to kind of wade through it, if I'm honest. Honestly, there, there's, there's not enough time on on, a, on the one pod just to tell you through a potted history of Wrexham's hardships and people who try yeah. to raise the club to the ground. It would take forever, but it's nice to be part of it. We don't take it for granted, honestly. The majority of our fan base are still grounded and they are still trying to just roll with the punches, really, of which there will be many. We're kind of like the sort of new Millwall, but without the aggro. So welcome back. Welcome and back. do you know what? As you were talking, I was thinking, I, I almost, almost feel sorry for you, and that you will be everyone's cup final. And that, like, that like that, that last season. Get it? Like that last it's, season. So. It's always us. Yeah. It's always us. And everyone comes to Valley Parade and up to the game, and we end up losing three 0 to Harrogate on a Tuesday night. And then <laughs> now the pressure is on you. So I yeah. hand it over. Here is the pressure. Deal with it. Um. Honestly, it. guys, thank you very much, and it, it's yeah, it's been really, really good. And I think we've, I do think we should do another later down. Let's see how you're getting on in the season. We can get back together. Let's see what, let's see if there's been any more hardships we can talk about. Let's see Phil Parkinson's still there. That's um, not swap managers. That's not swap managers. I know he's from this neck of the woods, but yeah, he is. Yeah, I know. I think, yeah, <laughs> we weirdly, I think when we saw him there at the cup last year, everyone went, "Hang on a second, <laughs> <laughs> get him back here." Um, yeah, no, let's not swap managers. Let's not do that, um, guys. Thank you very much, and uh, we're going to jump to an ad break now. Appreciate think, it. But yeah, honestly, thank you. Good luck for the season, apart from when you play Bradford. Um, no, no, good luck when you play Stockport, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but when you play Bradford, and I hope you enjoy Harrogate again. But we'll see you. We'll let you know. And uh, well, we'll speak to you when you're coming up. We'll meet up. We'll have a, a nice chat. But Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. To the adverts. Away days are great, especially when your striker bag's a last-minute winner. But there's nothing quite like playing at home. And do you know what? The same goes for McDonald's. Why not maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery? Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by the wonderful people over at NordVPN. The 2023-24 campaign is set to draw to a close, but the football never truly stops. With the Olympics, Euro 2024 and the new season set to commence in no time, make sure you don't miss any of the action wherever you may be in the world by downloading NordVPN. For just the price of one cup of coffee per month, NordVPN allows you to watch your favourite teams, players, shows and movies anywhere in the world, even if they aren't available in your region, simply by switching the location on your device to one which is showing the content. 
NordVPN also acts as your cyber bodyguard, protecting your personal data and other sensitive information such as credit cards and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, which is always a worry when you travel abroad. And with just one subscription to NordVPN, you can use this service across six different devices, which is incredibly handy if you're traveling with your family and or loved ones. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash real EFL. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support our podcast too. The link is in the podcast episode description box. So now, back to the podcast. Do I just bring us back from the break? It's like, feels like a far, isn't that Frozen 2 song back from the something or other? What version of Frozen 2 have you been watching? I've only watched it once. Anyway, right, right, moving on. Um, we should probably talk about the abs, actually, in terms yeah. of we one of the things that we noticed last week was that we, we spoke quite a lot about betting in football and um the kind of hypocrisy of the EFL and the sky and sky bet and um kind of the players that have been implicated in betting scandals and and then uh, I listen back to the podcast which I don't do I genuinely don't do very often um I can't even remember why I did to hear an advert for betting at the beginning an advert for betting in the middle and an advert for betting at the end and I, I thought to myself you know what if I was if I was listening to this as someone not involved with it then my instinct would be to get on Twitter and be like how can you be so hypocritical um the way that the adverts work is I mean the week before I think we have McDonald's and the National Lottery so it was a bit of a shift to to betting but we have no control over what the adverts are whatsoever that said we have contacted TalkSport who we're part of their fan network and um, there are no more betting adverts on the Real EFL podcast, which feels like a bit absolutely the right thing to do. But I'm, I was really pleased that we were able to do it. Yeah. It feels like a win, doesn't it? Yeah, it did feel like a little win. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure it will be something that we continue to talk about kind of throughout mm-hmm. the year because um, Ivan Tony will not be, well, the, I mean, there's been since, haven't there? But it, it won't be a... Um, a story that goes away and it feels like yeah. now we can talk about it in a way that is um, absolutely editorially independent not that it would um, affect our um, our take on things at all but you know it just wouldn't look good would it if we're saying no, it's it bad it needs to be <laughs> kick it out of the game and then all of a sudden we start saying join now for a free five pack I know bad um but yeah there will be no more betting adverts just before we carry on what what snacks have you got today so i don't get distracted at some point i've not got a snack um there's a reason for that so my missus has gone away today oh my with goodness the baby oh living like a king um <laughs> she's gone away with the baby for for two nights and then she gets back on wednesday and then she goes away again on thursday until tuesday so I have today eaten nothing because. So, do you need a map for the nearest shop? Do I need to do like a delivery? Well, no, I know the shop's there. I know the shop is there. But I'll be honest, we record this at seven o'clock. We do. And at quarter to seven, I'd forgotten because (laughs) I was just laid, not thinking about anything other than all I was thinking about was, oh, 
I might get a takeaway because it'd be cheap. It's only one meal. And then I thought, <laughs> oh, no, I've left it too late. Now I've got to wait until after, so I'll get my food after. What I have got is a, a, a bottle of that. We won't oh, mention it by name because unless they're going to sponsor us, we don't do advertising. <laughs> but um, it's it's an Amazon video service. Oh, what? What's Amazon Video Service got to do with energy drinks? Right, okay. Hannah, what's Amazon's video service called? Oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, with it. <laughs> Amazon Video. I was That's... like, did you get it delivered? Like, Amazon No, delivered? I didn't. They sell, they sell it in Tesco's now. When I was like, oh, I know, but you can get it in a meal deal at the co-op. What? I know, right? And... Right. Oh, this is obviously like this is why we're not allowed to do League One, isn't it? Um, it's we, fine. We've got time now. <laughs> the co-op, it's two three pound fifty if you're a um if you've got a co-op card, and Prime is two pound thirty nine. Oh, so mention its name. Yeah, but even better than that, and then I promise we'll talk about news producer Ryan. Um, is that if you get a coffee in it, a coffee is three pound fifty five. So you save 5p on your coffee and you get a free sandwich and a snack. The world we live in, the modern world. <laughs> uh, well, now we've mentioned its name. Ryan, I know you're in there and you're probably tearing your hair out that the conversation's gone this way, but if you can tag Logan Paul and KSI when we send this out. <laughs> and the co-op. And the co-op, because if, I don't care if it's the co-op or Logan Paul or KSI, just let them know they need to watch it because there's a mention. Uh, <laughs> What's, I mean, what coffee do the co-op do? Is it Nescafe? Tag them Costa. as well. No, it's like the Costa, oh, it's you know, Costa. Out of the machine. Yeah. Ryan, tag Costa Coffee. We'll get a sponsorship drive going. Let's do it. Um, and then we'll, every <laughs> week, that the co-op will be angry that we're giving away their secrets. Yeah, we're calling this the, the co-op meal deal hack. We could go viral on TikTok and everything. Ryan, they advertise it. It's not a secret. It's it's written in big red letters about the meal deal. Like they don't, It's no secret. I don't, I don't yeah, think but you know the, how... the coffee one's good. I mean, yeah, but it says you can get a hot or cold drink. Yeah. Anyway, so... Uh... <laughs> let's, let's move on and talk about football. Um, right. We've covered so... the end of pre-season, haven't we? Oh, yeah. There was it's some... Still... I mean, we talked about Wrexham and we talked about Newport. Crawley lost 9-1. So they're doing, um, they're doing what some Swindon fans did. So they played weirdly, and I don't know why this is happening more and more. Why are teams playing four quarters of 30 minutes in pre-season? Ah, so funnily enough, we were supposed to do this against Huddersfield on Saturday. And um, on about Thursday, it all changed. And um, I was in the uh, hospitality bit before the game, and Charlie comes in and talks to everyone. And one of the things he said is that that's entirely what they plan to do. But they had both teams had too many injuries to be able to do it. And they were going to have to play like academy players and put people back on. So But what but what's the reason behind like why I just Oh, it's just to get it's to give more, more players more playing time. That's that's all it mm. is. So that each players get sixty minutes rather than forty five, well, I guess. What both Swindon, because Swindon were battered as well. I think Swindon lost 7-1. Oh, I don't know. I didn't see that. Um, so Swindon got battered, Crawley got battered. But what both sets of fans are doing is saying, 
well, yeah, but you you didn't get battered like them. And what no. their fans are essentially saying is, uh, well, at 60 minutes when we made subs, we were losing 2-1. So technically, <laughs> we lost 2 we, I've literally seen tweets saying we didn't lose 7-1, uh, we, we lost 2-1. I'm like, no, no, you lost 7-1. Like, yeah, but we took all as pros off and put as kids on at 60 minutes. Yeah, so yeah. did the other team. <laughs> That's like, like when you see someone says, like, oh, we won the second half. Yeah, but you lost the war. <laughs> you can say, we won the second half 2 0. Yeah, but you lost the first half 4. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, it is the same. It's unfortunately the game is going to be looked at over a, a period of time. And that, yeah, so I think Ryan's just sent us a little, little factoid in here. Oh. Um, so the last 30 minutes of, Swin of Swindon playing Bristol and Swindon, uh, wait. Ah, so it says the Swindon one was a combined 11 for the last 30 minutes, Bristol versus a Swindon and Bristol combined academy. No idea. So Swindon don't essentially have enough players to play 260 minutes. Yeah, Is that what and, they're saying here? Yeah, and then also it was a load of players that have never even seen each other before walking out on the pitch together, let alone play together, essentially. Which seems pointless. Yeah. It seems really pointless. Um, we, we drew. Uh, we drew one all with Hull. It was... Do you know what? It was Hull talk with Hull's goal, they tore us to pieces. Like if there's mm. they've shared they've shared it out, of course they have. And it comes out from the keeper and it's just pass and move, pass and move. It tore us in two. Now we won't face that level of football this season in the league. We we yes, just right. won't. Yeah. Um when it came to us going forward and we put the pressure on and we sort of pushed at them they found it really hard to manage and we passed the ball really well. We created a lot of chances. We've got a young lad called Bobby Poynton who he's come through the academy. Um, I think he last season was the under 18s top scorer. He's now in the first team, but he didn't get a choice. chance last season. He went out on loan. Mm. He's been playing in preseason for us and he genuinely has looked one of the best players on the pitch. So we're, mm. we're praying that he doesn't get shipped out on loan again and yeah. that we get to see him this season because he's a Bradford lad and everybody loves a hometown boy doing well in a, yeah. in, a, in, a in a season. So, yeah, I mean, look, we've got Middlesbrough on Wednesday and then we've got Rochdale mm. before the big kickoff. So as of next Monday... Preseason will be done, won't it? Black yeah, we've got Blackburn on Friday yeah. night and then Preston North End on Saturday, which is also the 140th anniversary of the club game. Nice. That's exciting. Salford did all right. They played Bolton and they were one all, I think, mm. and then went down to 10 men, but only because of an injury. Because when, when you hear, oh, down to 10 men, like, in a friendly, flipping act. <laughs> Well, it um, happened against Stevenage that a couple of weeks ago in, in a friendly. One of the lads oh, that really? were, yeah, quite a dirty tackle, to be fair, went straight That's through the back know. of the Stevenage player and a straight red in pre-season. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's been a like a week of pre-season drama with the Gateshead-Dunstan incident. And... Oh, I, I just have never seen anything like that in my really? life and the thing is we can't really go into what it was over because it's all allegations that haven't Absolutely. been proven at this point yeah, yeah. and you know if, if it gets proven we'll we'll talk about it but there's been there's been accusations essentially that the, what happened was two guys or three guys drove onto the pitch mid-game in a in hearse her. and a normal car and started doing donuts throwing a load of flyers out. If you want to go check on Twitter what they were, you'll see what the rumours are. And then they all jumped in the car and smashed through the barrier out of the gate and drove away. 
Um, what I'm confused about is why didn't they go out the way they came in? What I'm confused about <laughs> is where they got a hearse. Well, <laughs> because I mean... surely that person's going to be easy to find. You know, if no one's trawling Auto Trader for for the hearse, the only there's only two sets of people trawling Auto Trader for hearses, and that is those guys and the Ghostbusters, right? And that's okay. it. Um, they're going to be caught, surely. Surely they're yeah. going to get caught. Um, yeah. It yeah, was just bizarre to see, and you know, some there's videos of people screaming they've got a gun, and it's like, well, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think they had a gun. No. Just it does look like it, it though in the thing, but I think um, I, don't, I don't know what he had. I think he had his phone in his hand, if I'm honest. Someone because... said it was a hammer, but either way, it wasn't a it wasn't a firearm. Yeah. Um, but going back to Crawdy briefly, let's, <laughs> Scott let's... Lindsay's reaction to I mean, so we'd also heard so the we spoke to the Crawley Town um supporters alliance a while ago. They've had their meeting with uh, Preston and Evan now, who have confirmed that they are hiring a CEO and that you know they'd gone got to advanced stage of talks and and hadn't been able to reach an agreement. Uh, but Scott Lindsay properly went off at the players. Do you think what kind of um, impact does that have on players preseason? Do you think it's a kick up the bum or do you think it's um, I don't know. Motivational. I think if you sign non-league players, you should expect non-league performances, mm -hmm. and that's what we've got here. And they actually—you mentioned the CTSA. They had the meeting. They also had another meeting, and in that second meeting, Crawley's owners have said that they are delighted with the transfer activity <laughs> this this summer. It's it's utterly bizarre that they're delighted with you, you are. You, it doesn't matter what stats these players have produced; they have not produced it at a league two level. They signed a player who had a month prior signed for a new club, and they went and bought him. Yes. There's there's just no one leading that ship, no one steering no. it. But what they have said is that Scott Lindsay is making the signings now. Is he? Is he making the, those decisions or is he having names put in front of him and choosing between them? Right. Um, this, this is who we can afford in this, uh, I don't know, this price bracket, this position. Here you go. Mm. Well, they still don't have a front of shirt sponsor for the season at this point either. Oh, should we put a bid in? I, I, I actually did think about it. Could, do you reckon I could get away with it on a monthly basis? Just say to them, look, we'll advertise you. We're not going to pay nothing, but we'll advertise you and we'll talk about what you're doing and we'll try and make you look really good no matter how much you guys, you know, turn this into a turd. We'll keep polishing it. Um, <laughs> or we'll roll it in glitter at least. Yeah. But we could get our names on the front and just, yeah, yeah see what happens. But no, they, they, there's still no, as far as I know, no front of shirt wow. sponsor. Good. They look like possibly the easiest choice mm -hmm. for relegation as, as, of, as, as of right now yeah. it's there's rumours of more players lead, leaving Ashley Madison going Madison. to yeah. Sutton um, yeah. look I know that people have come out and said that it's not true and things like that mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. I'm not going to point fingers but I've seen proof of certain things which makes me think it is true so we'll find out in this next yeah. few days because yeah. it's apparently still on um 
they lost Oti today to Walsall. And yeah, it looks like they've really slashed everything at Crawley. They've they've the budget's smaller. They said they were going to shrink it, but it looks yeah. like it's been hammered. And do you know for me, there's two teams that right now I think are in real trouble. I've said Crawley. Mm-hmm. The other one is Swindon. And yes. say that. And I'm not just saying it because it's you know it gets the reaction from Swindon fans. <laughs> Every team in this league has looked to improve this summer in some way, except mm. those two. Those two have weaker sides. Yeah. And let's be absolutely honest, if it wasn't for Scott Lindsay at Swindon last season, they would have been in a relegation fight with the points per game they were on. They'd have probably gone down with the points per game they were on um, when you take away his games. It's going to be really, really tough. And Michael Flynn doesn't seem to... He doesn't seem bothered. No. And we're getting at this point where these teams should really be worried. And, you know, Crawley fans are worried, but they're accepting. They know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, they just... Yeah, not I think they, they recognise how lucky they were to escape last season. Yeah. They're not They're not accepting of it because they are trying to sort of push for, for, for wag me out and things like that. But what I mean is they accept that if they don't leave, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Swindon fans are still, you know, there's a portion of them that are saying this is going to go horrifically wrong if we don't make mm. changes. There's still some that have kind of, I say, buried their heads. And it's it's a shame yeah. to see. Look, it's, it's a shame. Um, I think with Swindon often as well, it's a little bit of um, straw clutching. So the, all the talk about Ryan Edwards at the moment, you know, if you, you read some conversations, he's the saviour of, of the football club. But, yeah. you know, how likely is he to sign really when there's, um league one and um championship as well championship involved but that's again that's down to 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 perception there when you follow your club there's nothing better than your football club yeah but but from the outside there is you know if you put the the list of clubs that are interested in him and there's championship and league one clubs and Mm -hmm. i'm looking at it from a you know a a neutral point swindon aren't going to be the first choice but as a swindon fan you can't think of anything other than them wanting to play for your, your club's amazing and we all do it look we everyone's been clutching at straws this summer trying to get billy sharp to sign for their club in league <laughs> two doncaster doing it bradford did it for a period it's just not happening but i i really worry for both of those fan bases um i think that we're gonna see at the earliest point that we've ever seen protests. I think Crawley's games are going to be interrupted by protests from day one. Reading, you know, we had on um, the bloke from uh, Never Say Die. No, uh, it's to uh, sell, uh, sell before, sell before we, die. we die. Sell before we die. Um, yeah. And they'd actually, because as Ruben Sellers started, they thought actually it wasn't because they planned uh, and the sock they were throwing socks onto the pitch yeah and they decided not to do it in the end because it was um a, a kind of not the best welcome for a new manager which you know is is absolutely fair but yeah it'll be interesting to see mm. swindon and crawley as well i mean there's been protests at crawley little throughout last season yeah yeah but they're thinking there's going to be Pitch invasion protest, similar to what we saw with Scunthorpe the season before yeah. last. You know, pitch invasion, stopping the games, Oldham did the same. That and to be fair, you're at a point now where you kind of can't blame them because mm-hmm. at Crawley, especially, everybody who knows anything about football can tell you that things are going wrong 
mm-hmm. apart from the two people in charge who don't know anything about football who seem to think that everything's okay. And it's, yeah, it's look, football rivalry is one thing and I want to beat Crawley on the opening day of the season, of course. I'd love to put four, five, six past them. Everyone would love to put past anyone. But I don't want to see them go through this stuff. It's not fair. It's, yeah. it's horrible. So um, in other news, Junior uh, Chamado looks like he's on his way out from Colchester, perhaps to Stoke. I think he'll be a mm. massive. I think I, I think they probably couldn't have expected to have kept him, but he was brilliant for them last yeah. season. And that'll be, I think, a massive gap for them. Still talking about Matty Virtue going to Wrexham. We should have asked uh, Liam and um, about it. Uh, who? What else has happened? Goalkeeper League One news. But it's always been. Like, it feels like we always talk about goalkeepers. We talked about Harry Lewis and um, keep and that, that man's week. name out your mouth, Hannah. <laughs> keep his name out. I saw your tweets. <laughs> So you tweet, what to what player would you take from any other team in your league? I'd take Harry Lewis just because it winds Liam up. You're right, it did. I logged off of Twitter and didn't go on for two days because I didn't want to interact. Well, everyone else, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's been peaceful. Um, but th- so there's been a bit of movement. So Peterborough signed Nicholas Bielakapczyk from Huddersfield, I think. Um, but then uh, Massinho is looking to sign another goalkeeper to kind of to compete with Will Norris. And they're playing AFC Wimbledon tomorrow and hoping that that will go through before then. Not much kind of to know about him other than he's young um, and yeah. I think new to League One. Uh, but what they've said they're going to do for the kind of for the remainder of the games, they've got another one maybe at Bristol on Sunday. And um, playing basically a half each to see how they go, uh, but yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know. The next few weeks, like the season starts, transfer window ends, it, get, it gets a bit wild. Then. <laughs> it gets wild, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it? Thankfully, I think the Harry Lewis things. Well, the Harry Lewis thing is over it's gone, now. It's done. It's, he's not leaving, it. and that's perfect for us like we yeah we, we couldn't be happier um ryan's just actually for obviously people can't see ryan and people can't see what he writes in chat to us and he's been giving us updates about what's coming to, to basically drop for next week and ryan said next week we're toying with the ideas of predictions at which ryan was given a five word answer and one of them can't be said out loud <laughs> by me um i despise predictions yeah i'm not a fan of predictions you just look silly and well do you know what that's exactly what it comes down to i don't like to look stupid um although last week apparently i made i need to be needed to be fact checked three times uh so i'm doing all right at that oh i can't remember we will we'll just move on but i don't i don't like looking stupid no, and we we did them last year on the lowly look because people pestered and pestered and pestered us. So we said, you know mm-hmm. what, we'll do it. Me and Grant recorded separately, away from each other. I recorded <laughs> I mine really, really nicely. Grant got wrecked because he hated them that much, and he <laughs> swore all the way through, and it was awful. I had Carlisle twenty first. Um, I got Stevenage up there, which I said they would be. I think the top three was Bradford, Walsall, and Stockport. It, it yeah. just went. 
horribly wrong. And mm. at no point when I had to go over what I'd predicted, at no point did I feel good about <laughs> no. it. No. So no. that's why we've done the fan vote of prediction thing, which is... Yeah, oh, and that's fun. not been without controversy, has it? No, because people don't understand what fan voting no. means. Um, no. Yeah, we're getting a lot of abuse from people who think that I've chosen to put Wrexham 15th, which isn't the case. Well, they're fourth now, vote. aren't they? Since the, yeah, they're, they're crawling. They're crawling up. Um, yeah, no, do you know what? I, I don't... Look, people want to do them. That's absolutely fine, but I'm not a fan mm. of doing them, and I just think that, look, if everyone else is doing them, then there's plenty out there for people to read and mock. Right. I don't mind, like, when we get into the season and, you know, we've we've talked about doing, you know, like, the next weekend's previews, then I'm in my element. I've got mm -hmm. stats, I've got data. Yeah. We all know how much I love data. But, yeah. that, like, then predictions, as long as they don't involve county, are, like, I'm fine with that. But I don't, I don't do... I like random match predictions. You know, like one week we'll say, oh, let's, let's predict the results for this upcoming. That's <laughs> fine. But going in blind before the season started and picking a 1 to 24 is just, it's well, painful. At this stage as well, you you really like so Can't. much like change. Like Colchester suddenly lose Junior Chamado yeah. and like their, their season changes. I think we predict it now. I'm putting Swindon and Crawley in the bottom two. And in two weeks' time, Swindon might sign five players and all of a sudden. Right. They, yeah, and and here's the thing. I'll be absolutely honest, and anyone who knows anything will know exactly what I'm saying here. Um, I wouldn't want to pick MK Dons to get over 100 points in League One and dominate. Well, no, that'd be tricky. No, this was last season. Someone, did oh, that. right, <laughs> someone <laughs> very confidently who knew exactly what he was talking about and he's never ever wrong and has all his own facts and opinions oh, predicted right. MK Dons to get over 100 points in League One and they were relegated. Uh, so that just shows you can do as yeah. much research into it as you want. Yeah. It means nothing. So, no. yes, we're putting a stake out now, Ryan. We're not doing it. No. If League One want to do it, that yeah. could be their intro for their new podcast. <laughs> Let them. Rosie. We're not, we're not at all going to get competitive, are we? With the league Ryan says that. he's going to. Ryan says he's going to do it. As I tell you, Ryan, you can do it. But what we'll do is we will set thresholds on scores, and if you don't meet certain scores, you've got to do a forfeit next season on the and, podcast. Um, we'll call the feature Ryan Whelan's League Two predictions, and like we can do a side by side every week until yeah. it looks like he's doing all right, and then we'll scrap it. I actually told him yesterday, and this isn't really up to do it, but it's quite funny. I actually told him yesterday that he saved in my phone as Ryan Weasley. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he said that he got called Ron Weasley before, and I was like, Aww. yeah, that is good. And I was like, I've got to tell him now, Ryan Weasley. Um, Hannah, let's do Rosehead. Oh, okay, go on. Oh, do you know what? I've got a really good superstition. Well, actually, oh, you do, two, you do a super, kind of you do superstitions. I'll do Rosehead. All right, room. so um, lovely Zoe, who is a county fan, messaged me, and they had they they that we won when they were wearing Christmas jumpers, so they had to keep wearing Christmas jumpers, and it gets to like Easter or whatever, and they're still wearing Christmas jumpers. But the same thing happened um, with another county fan. I think she's, I think it was Angela, and hers was mince pies. So she was making making hand making mince pies and bringing them to the ground and kind of handing them out still doing it months later because it was it, yeah that it was that was what Stockport County's fate depended on the mince pies and it would have fallen apart if you didn't make them absolutely, absolutely. right go on rose them my rose 
and it, it came to me just before we started recording. My Rosette is Sky TV. <gasps> this week they announced the first bunch of fixtures that are going to be shown yeah. on Sky in the season. And guess how many League Two games are in that list? Even though we've got Wrexham in our league, guess how many teams Ooh, are in that list? One then. <laughs> Zero. Oh, really? Now, they might announce some later down the line. Yeah. But as it stands right now, once again, I know that they're doing the whole reshuffle yeah. when they get the it new deal in, in a couple a of years. But you can't keep ignoring this. So for me, whoever makes those decisions at Sky, I'm going to say Sky TV as a whole, but it's whoever makes that decision between Sky and the, the, the EFL, get in the bin. Get in Rose Ed, mm. you are done because it's a shambles. Yeah. And as you say, I think is it tw from twenty four twenty five? It's yeah, going to change season, massively. Half of the games are going to be on TV, which, as Ryan points out, also means that half of the games are not going to be at three o'clock on a Saturday unless something changes with those rules. Yeah, we're going to see. We're going to see early Saturday kickoffs. We're going to see Sunday kickoffs. We're going to mm. see Saturday tea time, Saturday evening kickoffs. I mean, look, I know people don't like change. Um, we as, as a nation, we generally don't like change, but mm -hmm. I actually think, you know, we had a couple of games last season that were moved to 12.30 kickoffs and 1 o'clock yeah. kickoffs. I loved it. Well, I grew up on Friday night football at County. That was that was my childhood, and I still love a Friday night game. I came to a Friday night game with the lights. At, you at, did? At, yeah. At, yeah, at yours. It, so it, is, it is good. And I think, do you know what? Right now, we all kick off at three o'clock on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. So we all don't get to see each other's games. Yeah, Next that's season, true. we yeah. could see, we could watch a League Two game on a Friday night, a lunchtime League Two game. We see our game at three o'clock, a tea time Saturday League Two game, a Sunday League Two game, two Sunday League Two games. We don't know. Midweek League Two, it's going to be so much better. And I just, look, I, I think people will always be apprehensive going into it. But I think once it starts, people have got, do you know what? That wasn't that bad. Granted, there's going to be away games and they need to look at how they do it yeah. because they cannot pull Barrow versus Colchester and move it to a Friday evening from a yeah. Saturday. They, they've got to be, or put it at 12 o'clock on a Saturday. They've got yeah, to but my careful. man with the fixtures, I can't even remember what his name is about after me professing my love for him. Fell out of love yeah. quick. He'll sort it out. You, you think that, but that still happens now. Um, <laughs> so let's hope it sorts it out. But yeah, no, that's that's my Rosehead. It's it's right now. Sky TV need to sit on Rosehead, and when they prove themselves, think about what they've done. Think about yeah, it's the naughty step. It's the naughty step of football. And when they think about what they've done and they realise how bad they've been and they change their attitude, they can come off. They're on timeout. Yeah. I do like it was a, it was a, and it'll be interesting for Wrexham fans as well like the the going from BT Sport and whatever that they called TNT Sport this yeah, year yeah TNT now yeah uh, you know that coverage of um, the Panorama to last year was a bit of a shock yeah it's it's now going to be pretty much next to nothing they're going to be don't get me wrong the highlight show is going to be yeah something to watch and um, I do enjoy that yeah. But I just think, can you imagine how, look, I like going to the pub on a Friday night and meeting friends and having a drink and mm -hmm. watching the football. How good would it be to go to the pub and watch, you know, Newport versus Sutton? Yeah, Maybe well, I is. have no life, so I'll watch all of the games. <laughs> I'm the same.
I'm the same. There's a pub at the bottom of my road, and my missus has been harping on at me to take the dog out more mm. and on longer walks. So we've got a route now that just involves us sitting in the pub. So we go on a long walk, and we sit in the pub and watch whatever's on the TV. Yeah, so when season bad. starts, I'm just going to go sit in the pub, and, oh, I'm taking this fourth time today. You've walked the dog. <laughs> yeah, back-to-back games all <laughs> day. Love, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind it. Dog, dog don't look tired. Well, yeah, should it's walked at bottom of the hill twice. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, look, it's, I'm getting excited now because the season's coming back and getting into the pre-seasons. And, you know, we mentioned about, we did the mascot thing the other week. Like, yeah, I did it on Saturday, putting the suit back on. Had a camera crew following me around. It like a like um a, a superhero that's come out of retirement. Yeah, it like, just had to be done. I'm like, like when Michael Jordan came back, <laughs> back yeah in space jam where he gave up baseball and he, he played for for chicago bulls again that was me um but yeah no i had weirdly had a camera crew follow me around and oh, wow. do a film a load, load of promo stuff and it Aww. was it was funny it was really You're making funny. kids cry no because i've got a new boss good and we had to sit down about that <laughs> no we didn't really it was i have got a new boss and I'm, you know there's gonna be a lot of stuff getting better with like community foundations because like mm-hmm. they do a, look we want to i want to work with all the community foundations in the league they do yeah. so much work that gets overlooked and you know i've got a new boss there who's very very big on that so i'm hoping that we can you know maybe get him on here uh yeah. maybe get the guys from the community foundation on and yeah. show what these people do behind the scenes because it gets overlooked yeah. and yeah you know he's he's the one that's got to deal with the the fallout if I do make someone cry. So I won't be doing that. I did tell him about it. He went, are you proud of that one? I said, I said, I said the same as I said to you. I said, there's two instances. There's one that I'm not <laughs> proud of. And I said, the other one, he went, so you're proud of the other one. I said, well, I'm not proud of the other one. I've said, I'm just, it's just, that I'm not, not proud of it. Yeah. Um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So, well, we've reached the end, Hannah. We have the end of season one. We'll We're staying one. as League Two. We are. And the new yet to be announced, but surely with a great amount of fanfare and drum rolls, will be joining us next week. (laughs) It's the League One podcast. There you go, Ryan. You can do that jingle. Yeah, clip it, Ryan. Clip it. There's your jingle. Um. Yeah, so we've we've got uh yeah new host coming in as as we mentioned at the beginning. That's going to be fun to see because you know mm-hmm. we've set a standard, Hannah. Let's be honest. We've set a standard. <laughs> I well, want to know. Stand- not necessarily a high standard, but there's a standard. Yeah, but I want to know, and I hope they are going to continue Row Z. I hope they're going to do a Row Z oh. for League One, and I hope they're going to do superstitions for League One. I hope there's going to be something that ties these two together. And not yeah. just producer Ryan Sack giving a thumbs up in a room and telling us we've got new predictions. <laughs> um, one last thing to announce before we go, Hannah. On Thursday, and I'm not sure when it's going to be released, we're interviewing Nathan Rooney, who most recently at Brunei's Magpies in Gibraltar, who ironically were um, playing at Pinatar Arena just before County did. So we, we could have crossed paths already and, and not known about it. So we'll be talking to him about his um, his playing career and his um, aspirations for the future. He's uh, 
wife has just signed for Real Batiste in Spain. Mm. So they, they've been using Lancashire as a base for the last uh, the last, last year, but whether that's changed and you know, what that looks like. But he's, he's really interesting in terms of his um his influences on his coaching and he's he's built up a coaching style that's almost amalgamous of different influences on him um so it'll be yeah I'm really looking forward to to hearing from him and you know, what he's got to say about the the year ahead yeah it's gonna be fun uh, it's our first interview with like a football person since we started doing this <laughs> a football personality because uh, we are clearly so professional. We are. We are professional. Um, yeah, well, we're done. We've reached yeah, the end. Uh, Ryan, stop putting stuff in chat. We Right, right. So for anyone who is listening or watching, because you don't get to see this, Ryan goes on at us in chat about times and how long we go for. <laughs> and, and we've gone over this week. We're, you've reached an hour. You need to start wrapping up. And as I've, three times I've tried to finish this episode tonight, and every time he's wrote something else in chat to talk about, apparently we've also got Neil Redfern coming up. That's news to me as well, but I'm delighted. Um, I don't know. I don't mean it's news to me as that he's never told me. I mean, I've paid zero attention when he has. Um, so, yeah, that's that's great. We've got that coming up too. I don't know when that is because he's not wrote that. And Ryan, please don't because we are wrapping yeah, up. Yeah, but, but he'll be interesting as well because he was most recently at Sheffield United Women. So mm. really interested to hear his take on it. Hopefully it'll be while the World Cup's happening because uh, that's all going on at the moment. I'm going to, um, on Friday morning, I'm going to watch England versus Denmark at Old Trafford at Hotel Football. So that's right. exciting. It's a women in football event. So there's a tech wall table. Not that I think I'll be particularly good at it, but I'm up for giving it a go. So I'll See, report back on somewhere that. that's, that's doing VAR and have a go on that. Because I had a go on VAR and it's tragic. Um, <laughs> I told professional referees they were wrong. <laughs> like Chris Foy stood behind me going, well, that, this is the right call. I was like, no, Chris, you're wrong. So I'm sorry, that's, that's ridiculous. What a ridiculous call. Anyway, a week later... It actually changed, so yeah, they actually changed the rules around the offside thing. Um, so it's now it's now a full body thing. So yeah, uh, look, influence, it's coming. We are done now though, because I'm again an hour and fifteen minutes. I've drunk a full bottle of Amazon video. Well, it's been fun. It has. Back a little bit differently next week. Back again. <laughs> oh, I, so I'm supposed to do. I was supposed to do the finish this no, week. Doing, I, I, that's why three times I've said Hannah. I'm waiting to walk us out, and this we've gone seven minutes over what we were originally trying to do. <laughs> you should Hannah have just get said, Hannah, are you going to finish? And I'd be like, oh yeah. Um, so maybe this is the wrong time to ask you very nicely if uh, you could leave us a five star review on Spotify or apple or wherever you get your uh podcasts from it really does help with discoverability because it, given that we're a, we're a new podcast and there are lots of football podcasts but we're really enjoying this and um especially as we kind of separate them up into league one and league two uh, the more people that we can reach the better and um yeah you can follow the real efl on at the real efl one on twitter um Fearless and Devotion are at Fearless ID Zine on Twitter. 
And um, also, we didn't talk about it, but the Real AFL's having a snazzy rebrand. So there's that's already happened on Twitter or X. Oh, my goodness. Depends yes. when in the week you listen to this. We haven't spoke about the rebrand because Ryan's forgot to put the new graphics on the, the, the podcast. Yeah. So, so it's audio, audio only this week because we can't, you know. No, it can't be audio only. It's Ryan, it's your mistake. Oh, and it's going out as is. We're going to deal with it. <laughs> Guys, thank anyway, you very much. <laughs> thanks very much. We'll see you next week. <laughs> the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow you've got your McNugget share box on the go and you know what your mates already got booked for double dipping but then later on you steal in grab the last nugget and snatch all three points perfect why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app Are you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.